The Broken Dub Podcast analyzes what makes Olympic athletes, comedians, writers, and creatives great. Season one is titled Breakthroughs. This season of the podcast delves into the breakthroughs we have in our respective fields when we destigmatize mental health and move past the roadblocks within our minds. Executive produced by Ellen Utrecht of Mike TV. Smash the like, subscribe, follow, you know the drill. This is the Broken Dove Podcast, and I'm your host, Danny Simmons. Riji Raja was born and raised in Kuwait to Indian parents. Her mother, a teacher, and her father, a textile business liaison between Far East countries and Kuwait. During the Gulf War in 1990, she and her parents fled to India for safety, but not without enduring the hardships of the Iraqi invasion. In 1991, they were given a second chance when her father was requested to transfer back to Kuwait. She holds a bachelor's degree in microbiology and a master's in finance. Ooh. She was formerly an auditor before she made the decision to pursue her acting career in 2016. She began her career with a MoneyGram web commercial, her social justice causes, and she's working on using her voice to help contribute towards this matter on a larger scale. With no further ado, we have the lady of the hour and maybe the half hour, or maybe the hour and a half, Riji Raja, come on down to Funtown, how are you? (laughs) Amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm so pumped already. (laughs) Sorry. And I'm over here. I'm over here sweating the the heat. I got the sun setting right here. So it's beautiful. It's a beautiful day. You look beautiful. Obviously you and your husband are beautiful. It's just a great thing. Uh, Affirmations are great. Um, You, you know, you, you've said you're most proud of your faith and persistent demand with God for miracles and breakthroughs. Now, it is obviously 2021. What are some of your miracles that you are manifesting for 2021? Well, for one, this one right here. I actually, when I did my uh, vision board back uh-huh. in like 10 days before the end of, no, starting of January, um, I wrote down podcast and I didn't know what I was asking for. I was like, that would be nice to, you know, to, you know, get to other people and also get my voice heard. And so here we are, like you manifested. So you are a miracle for me. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> now, hey, that, that is so sweet. <laughs> I'll take it. Attest to power of writing. Like I wrote down what I wanted. I still have that. I, st- I have it all on my canvas. So I keep editing it. Because oh, cool. like, for example, like I wrote that I wanted to uh, learn calligraphy and not master it because like, I one day at a time. But then I realized like, 11 days into new year i'm like but what is it good how is it going to serve me i don't need calligraphy now it's just something that i saw people doing i was like i want to learn but i think what i want to learn more is on public speaking like if mm. I'm speaking but i know that there's some things some parts of me that i hold myself back from so i'm like I, mm. I need to get over that so i'm like let's scratch that and put public speaking on that but uh putting that in written format really works for me well, it's fascinating. There's so many parallels between you and I'm going to give a Steve Jobs shout out. Obviously, he he took a calligraphy class. He was uh, auditing a class back when he was kind of, you know, not really going to school. He dropped out and he was following, you know, eating food at the Hare Krishna temple. It's a very famous speech, right? And he's talking about calligraphy and how it informed the font faces that Apple uses. So some things that we don't even see and we can't reverse engineer the the patterns, you know, forward, we can reverse engineer them backwards, but obviously that was part of the sauce of Apple. So it's part of the sauce of what you do and public speaking is something that everyone can improve upon. I need to do it. I am an um machine. So good at it. <laughs> no, thank you. You're very sweet. I, I trust me when I get in the edit bay, I'm like, 
um machine has got to go. So that is a, that is a new goal. But um, once again, how does your faith, you know, play a role into your creativity? So I, I believe that everyone's created with a purpose on this mm-hmm. earth. So when the creator has created you, that means you have the creativity in you already. And here we are wondering, what is our purpose? Are we creative enough? I have asked these questions myself. And then I realized that when I whatever I'm doing right now, when I'm like backtracking it, I'm like, oh, I had been doing this in the past. No wonder I'm good at it then that I'm able to bring this into my now. And I'm like, now monetizing that. So for example, like I love writing, like even though I, I, I feel like I prefer writing more than speaking, I can articulate mm. when I'm writing. And so I used to write a lot back in my school days, write poems and everything. I've got featured on articles back in India and in Kuwait, uh, public newspapers. And so my parents were like, she's so good at writing. And they like that. They don't want me to go like dance and all. They like everything, um, like stay home, do everything behind doors. And here I am like, okay, I can write. What can I do? I want to get out, get out there. I want to get, have my face like seen. And so, but I felt like I was really, really like put in a box because of that Indian upbringing, like, no, do this, do that. You can, mm. you cannot do what you want to do. We tell you what to do. Mm. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll just write. And so here I am now, like I'm able to bring that words out. I made that. That's how I launched my product. So it's all words that was like on my mind. And that helped me even get through my personal struggles in my life. Um, so, so coming back to creativity and faith, that was the thing that I would sit down and ask God, like, what did you make me for? What is my purpose here? Can I give back to you anything? Because you gave me a reason to live. Like, I want to serve you. And so mm. I, and God started opening these opportunities and I'm writing all these things. And I'm like, interesting. So is this what you want, God? Okay, I'll just keep doing it. And so I am knowing that this is what God wants. And then through that, even though it's like, okay, it's not right. I won't say that writing is my purpose. I acting is my purpose, primary purpose, period. And so I have used writing as in the power of writing to connect with people, write mm. emails, send pitches and all that. All that's what I feel like God's like, remember I said writing is your gift? Yeah, that's your gift. Use it to leverage it off and leverage it off to get into the field or the destination that you need to be at. So yeah, and rely completely on God for everything. Well, you know, and it's interesting. You talked about a lot of actors and actresses, right, are, are going from not just being, you know, a person who repeats other lines is on the auteur game, you know, auteur alert. So, you know, I think that's obviously something that we have my little sirens of auteur coming my way, you know, be small business owner that's going to become biz, big business owner, actress writer, director, you know, the Olivia Wilds of the world, you know, so to speak, it's coming. So it's, it's a, it's a matter of time. Even I was watching Ozark again, which is obviously everybody dies, but um, <laughs> it's, you know, the Bates, you know, we're talking about the Bates who I'm used to watching be funny and now he's dramatic and now he's directing. So it's, it's sort of, you know, who knows where two years might, you know, play, you might be writing on a TV show, who knows? So it's, it's, it's right. If writing is your gift, sometimes I think that what fascinating thing about God is that we interpret, we can't really understand 
right? Well, we we can't really understand God's purpose for us, right? But it gives us power, and we just follow the spirits that are guiding us. And then all of a sudden, I I how about this? I can't speak to your existence, but I feel that sometimes when I get this power, and it's like in my soul or it's in my spirit, I'm like, I understand this. I know what this is. And then all of a sudden, I'm always humbled, like damn it, I didn't understand that. I was misinterpreting. So maybe your purpose is writing and you're, you know, even just something that's right behind you, your, your affirm actions, those things that are, that is maybe your purpose because you might save someone's life and just one life. I mean, that is all that matters. So it, who knows, you know, you obviously have a purpose as an actress, who knows, you know, saving lives, is is far more important than a Netflix show, which you will obviously get. You know what I mean? It's like it's an it's 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 it's, it's a, it, yeah, it's coming. So uh, as as for your business and 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 as as your business affirmation, darling, right? States affirmations plus actions equals manifestation. How could our listeners learn to use that philosophy in their own lives today? So. I am a person, like, I feel like I've tried this when I was living in my car for two years. My husband mm-hmm. and I were homeless. And so here I am looking at all these people, like, uh, speaking these positive words. And I'm, like, sitting in my car, and I'm like, I see this affirmation. I'm happy right here, right now. I'm like, are you serious? I am not happy sitting in this car right now because I'm mm-hmm. it is so tight. It's so claustrophobic. Like, how do I make myself happy? And so both mm-hmm. of us, my husband and I, are going through these bouts of depression and like how do we get out of this and so mm-hmm. i came up with this game plan i was like you know what fine let's be happy how do we get to how do we become happy let's write actions down so i would write i would come up with these little actions like okay fridays let's go i don't know like go a little, little far farther out of la and go see new places and how, what is a pro of that? Pro is that you don't have to spend on hotel. We're still living in our car. Save on money and enjoy exploring LA. And so look, making those things, like writing pros and cons of each uh, uh, scenario that we're encountering and like literally crossing out the cons and be like, we don't care about the cons. Let's just go for the pros. And like, okay, what's the pro of being living in our car? Saving on rent, saving on food. And like, it's, it's, there's so many things that you can look at. So Shifting perspective and uh, looking mm. at it, looking at things positively helped us mentally so much. And then once we started writing those actions down and once we started putting action, like putting it into action, because actions speak louder than words. And so mm-hmm. these are just, words are just so empty if you don't put action into it. Like if you say, I'm going to do it, but if you don't get up from the bed and do it, then not, it's not going to be done. So mm. for, that is why I stick to that that tagline, my mantra, that affirmations plus actions, affirmations alone will not help manifest. My affirmations plus putting those those actions that actually tangible actions that actually relate to that affirmation, put them together. That's what helps. That's what's going to help you to manifest that. So like for podcasts, like how I got on your podcast right now, even though it's, it's like, oh, it's a miracle. It's so uh, like on the outside, people are like, Oh, you're getting a lot of podcasts. That's amazing. I was like, no, I decided that I wanted to get on podcasts. I wrote it down and then I showed up. I literally showed up. Like I 
supporting other people, supporting women. And I supported uh, our my friend. And then she, she uh, through, through her is how I like, I found you, right? And so yeah. I'm like, and then when the podcast came up, when you asked me, I was like, but this is what I want. So I'm going to say yes. So it's me being available and showing up. You never know. Sometimes I've noticed, even though I write things down, it looks impossible to manifest. And then I see God open, opening this door and I'm like, wait a second. Like I didn't even have to do anything. And that's where I'm like, God's like, I want to see if you are willing to work hard with the little things you have and I'll make the bigger things come. And I know because you have been putting all your energy and sweat into it. So I know you're capable. And we are always, we are, un, we are not qualified. Okay. None of us are qualified. We, God's like, I, but God's like, I call the unqualified. And I qualify you for that task. So mm. you might think you're not enough, but when I, if I'm giving it to you, that's because I know that you're enough. Mm. So. That is beautiful. That's so funny. That's I wrote. I wrote down. And Instagram is obviously not. It's not reality, right? It's a social media avatar platform. <laughs> but no, I know. But it's a, it's a necessary evil, right? And I wrote down my goals on a notepad. And actually, this is true. I wrote them down, and every year I do this. And my notepad for whatever I don't even understand why it deleted. I went copied it, went to Instagram. I went to go share it. Something ha- I don't know what happened, but I I copy pasted in Notepad. I I don't know. I lost all my goals, so I had to rewrite them, which is not the worst process. One of my goals was I wanted to write a comedy feature this year, and I I, I haven't just written a comedy feature. I haven't felt funny in a while. I obviously have written a lot of comedy. It's what I do. It's my it's actually my my talent given from God. You know, I'm just a goofball. I look, I'm a jolly giant. I'm a large human. I make jokes, big jokes, big laughs, big mistakes. But I, I have made huge mistakes, but I was like, I'm going to write a comedy this year and it's a feature and I don't have a writing partner and I have no idea who it's, who it's going to be. I put it on Instagram and the most incredible writer who I, I've done so many scenes with who I haven't connected with her and I in line on so many things social justice mental illness education volunteering she's a genius and she's taught me so much about life reaches out to me and is like hey I want to write this thing do you have I have this kind of this concept and we start just bouncing off and now we're like halfway through a treatment and it's and obviously it's it's only 15 days in and we're gonna sell it you know and I can just like feel it like it's just when something's so easy and so effortless it happens. And it all came from like me writing it down, putting it on Instagram. She didn't even see the post. And it's just like putting it out there that carrier pigeon to God happens. And the Raven was, was received. And now the process has begun. And now we're doing the actions, which are, you know, showing up, scheduling the, the calendar invites. Obviously she's busy going out to be writer, you know, a writer on these various, you know, big shows. And, and I'm doing the podcast. I said, Hey, similar thing. I'm going to do a podcast because I love saying, podcast. I love saying the word podcast. It says, I, I actually, I like, I want to have a podcast where I just say podcast because it's such a fun word to say. And then for whatever reason, mocking podcast, everyone who has a podcast. And I did a whole, I finished my film and I did a whole podcast tour, or, you know, whatever TV tour in, in 2020. I was like, I think I want to do one. And now we're on episode 10. This is the 10th, the 10th. Yeah. I I don't know what the order is going to be, but 10, 10 in. And I have a sponsor and the sponsor is this incredible app Kilo and they're a a female owned operated and created um, mental health app for men. So, you know, obviously men, we need women, women rule the world. Women will help us. We know that this, the 
real the mental health crisis is affecting men on a higher level than women for whatever reason and not that, that women aren't suffering it's just we need women to come and save us and it's a beautiful thing so now we have a sponsor i'm working with them writing copy and creative and writing commercials and, and following my my heart and it feels like money but it's also the crossroads of money and happiness and pure bliss so i want to talk about how you give back because what are are we align on our intentions which is it's not just about receiving it's about giving back so for every purchase of a deck of affirmation cards or affirm action cards on your site affirmation darling gives a young adult experiencing homelessness and mental health crisis cards as well why does the buy one give one you know idea means so much to you okay so i when i was working in uh before i got laid off due to COVID, but i was working in this uh for-profit company retail company mm -hmm. so uh, they employ people transitioning out of homelessness so i ever since i saw that model i was always fascinated by that but mm -hmm. i was still living in my car i'm still saving my husband and i are both saving up and we're like we can't move into an apartment right now our credit is bad or we don't have money um we're still on an hourly wage let's save up aggressively so I was working retail and we have the, we would have these students do tours of our store because of the mission behind it. So um, I would be the one to do the public speaking where I would give them the tour of the place and what we do. And so uh, our president would walk in and give her spiel. And then she'd be like, we want everybody to copy our business model. Like I held on to that for some reason for two years. Mm. Like I do want to steal it. If she's giving me permission, I want to steal that. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. so last year 2020 i wrote down on my vision board i want to start a give back jewelry line that happened the give back stayed the jewelry left and i started the stationary brand which i launched during the pandemic and so when i i saw when i saw what Pink keys was doing they don't do buy buy one give one but they employ people transitioning out of homelessness which is way more powerful because they're giving jobs to people in need and that's how my husband and i got the jobs in the first place because we were jobless too and so mm. that is my ultimate goal at the end of it when i scale my business that is my dream but i'm like what what can we do right now to keep the essence of that going i don't want to start later i want to start something now and then i was researching and i saw thompson bombast and um warby parker they all do buy one give one and I was, mm -hmm. i'm like that's what i want to do i don't want to be um just doing 10 percent goes to charity or five percent like no I, I don't want that i want to give more value and also when i was when we were in our car we would get the let's say for Christmas or some, something, somebody would give us something new. And the feeling was so good for us because we were like, here's someone giving us something so brand new and they thought of us, you know? And that feeling of like, because we are in the back, we are an outcast and we are not seen, we are forgotten. And someone thinks of us and like, hey, I thought of you and I wanted to give this to you, Merry Christmas. That feeling is just, I cannot even ex ex like describe feeling or mm. describe it. And so- I was like, who needs these cards? Young adults, because they mm. have that cusp of breaking out of that teenage year. And then also because they don't have research, like support. I know they're they are probably in a nonprofit organization sheltering them, but internally they're like, I don't have parents. I don't have friends. Nobody cares that I mm. exist. What can, uh, who, who, like, I don't matter to anybody. My dreams don't matter. Why bother in dreaming? That's where I'm like, 
I want to like go to that person and say, you do not have permission to not dream. Okay. You have to dream. If you are born, if you exist, if you're living right now, if you're breathing right now, you have a purpose here and you have the right to dream. Everyone has a right to dream. So these cards, I want that I might dream and hope is that these cards will serve as that pocket-sized life coach, but not everybody can afford therapy. I couldn't afford therapy. And I want them to be like, I don't, I don't have a therapist, but I have these cards to help me get to my goals. So that's where when a customer buys a product, I match that and give the exact same product. I don't cut anywhere, no cutting corners at all. The exact same product, exact same deck. I give it to a young adult in need and make them Beautiful. know that. This is not a secondhand. This is not a handout. This is a brand new product. You are getting exactly what a customer paid for. So I first, when I launched, I had, uh, I, I think I started with, 20, 15 or 20%. And like three weeks in, I was feeling so icky. I'm like, I don't like being doing the 15% proceeds go to a charity. I want to like match the product. Like we have to bring the cost down. And so my husband worked really hard and doing that. And he's a reason behind everything. Even though he's not the face of the company, he is my board, my backbone. And so he brought the cost down. He's like, you know, I'm, you asked for it. I'm giving it to you. Ask and you shall receive. So Aww. I'm able to do buy one, give one at the moment. Yeah. Well, you know, you guys are, you guys are relationship goals and you know, you're beautiful. I've taken a look at your videos. I'm like, oh my gosh, let's just, I'm alone. I'm alone in the pandemic. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm very happy, but it's just seeing love. There's nothing yeah, quite like it. Yes. Later too, if you want. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, so obviously you guys experienced homelessness together and you were in a car. Can you describe what that was like and, and, and in vivid detail for us, you know, and, and what it felt like, you know, and, and how did it make you feel? Did you, did you see the world in a different perspective when you were living in your car? Oh, perspective. Yeah, for sure. When, uh, when we both, oh my gosh. So you know how you asked about faith? Like mm -hmm. I felt like God gave me a warning dream that was going to happen. So I knew it was going to happen. I didn't know it was homelessness. And mm -hmm. so I didn't really, we didn't strategize. We should have taken advantage of the dream. Um, so here we are. I keep seeing number 11 and then November one comes and we move into a car. And I was like, oh, that's why I've been seeing 11. 11 means transition also. Mm -hmm. 11 was November. And so wow. when the day one, it was so scary we're like, where do we go? We couldn't find a place in time. We can't afford the places that people are suggesting. Uh, what do we do from here? And like, I, I still get goosebumps when I think of it. Like my husband literally suggested, here's three options we could end our life. Like let's ingest poison. And like, I can't remember the rest of the other two, but all we, let's get, run, get into an accident. I'm just like, I can't believe we're talking about this. And I'm like, but you're right. I literally said, yeah, you're right. You know, I think poison would be a better option. It's like, yeah, what's the point? No one cares about us. We might as just well end our lives. God wow. took everything away from us. No reason to exist anymore. And so I was like, okay, we need to stop. Let's sleep on this. <laughs> I literally said, let's sleep on this. We'll decide tomorrow. And then I woke up, we woke up and I told him like, okay, we took the time and the energy to discuss how to end our life. 
why don't we do the opposite? Why don't we put that time and energy to discuss how to keep living on this life? What can we do to make this work in our favor? Like, I know it feels like the end of life. And also because yeah. of our background and where we come from and our culture, we were really afraid, so, so afraid to tell our parents so we couldn't tell them because this is homelessness in our culture is like unheard of. Like, I know there's poverty in India, but the 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 class of people that we are from it's not supposed to happen. It is wrong. So we couldn't tell them. So here we are thinking, we can't tell our parents, we're not getting any support. What do we do? That's why we were contemplating on those decisions. And so we were like, let's not tell anybody. Let's overcome this our way. And then the question is, okay, how long do we need to do this? I'm like, I, we don't know. We, we are just going to wake up every day like it's a new day every, and then expect the unexpected and keep going. And so we would find things to do. And then it's like, we would drive down Skid Row and we would be like, okay, we have to be grateful that we have a car because there are these people living on in tents right now. And they're going through all seasons of California, rain, the heat, the winter and everything. And they're suffering. And at least we have a car. How much gratitude should we practice right now? So that shifted our perspective. And we would spend so much time in Skid Row area, just watching people and, and just like talking with some of them. I feel like I, that whole experience, like drew us to that job in downtown LA that happened. I think it was all meant to be. Uh, but the first day we're like, we don't have money to eat. What do we do? And we were driving by Burbank and we saw a $2 breakfast in Ikea. And we're like, huh, $2? Let's, let's go. Like, and, and a nice bed. Yeah. And, and, a, <laughs> and a nice nap, you know? <laughs> right. The cafeteria is really, like, we did take naps. Not a joke. Uh, and then we, we broke our piggy bank because we didn't have money. And no one told us there's a thing called EBT or food stamps. We didn't know mm-hmm. this because we are here new to the U.S. I mean, he, my husband has been around here, but we, he hasn't experienced homelessness before, so he didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so no one told us. We didn't ask either because we didn't want to tell anybody. And so uh, we broke up piggy bank, all our savings. And then here you are like seeing the $2 breakfast sign in Ikea. Like, yeah, this, this, we can do this. We can eat food every day. And so we sat at Ikea. I feel like if somebody, no, anybody knows Ikea is like CEO, like I would love to tell him how much of an impact he has made. But just having us to stay there the whole day. We would like tap on the, tap their wow. Wi-Fi. Just sit from, we would go there at like 11 and then we stay there till 5 p.m. or till they kick us out, you know, till it's closing time. Because it was warm. Uh, it was like, because if, if it's a hot summer, you can't stay in the car outside. We need shelter. And I can't yeah. swear we would do all our productivity and creativity and everything. And we would do everything an actor would do, but we would just sit in Ikea in public space and do it. But all those things, like all those things, we would take time to show gratitude. Like, oh, there is Ikea and there is $2 breakfast. There is... Planet Fitness, $10 uh, membership. We can go like work out and shower. Like showering was a huge thing. We, we were like, where do we shower? We made that work. And uh, food, we were like, oh, I'm craving hot food. What do we do? Oh, Whole Foods has a microwave. So it's like all these things. We would like hop around place to place and be like, oh, they have this. These guys have that. Let's take advantage. And Panera Bread it was our favorite hangout too. We would get this one soup and we would share it. We would sit there for hours. Like they, they. Probably- what was what was the soup? What was the soup? The in- French onion soup. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, did they put the bread with a little cheese and they cut? Yeah, I would always ask the bread and the cheese on the side. I feel like I know I hacked some of the recipes. So I was like, please, can you put that on the side? And then, you know, they're like, she's still a, hey, she, she's still, she's still an actress. Let's be honest. She's got to look good. So she's, <laughs> she might be living out of her car, but she's, she can't have carbs. Okay. I'm not sure cheese did any good to me, but no, 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 I'm just kidding. It's like, no, no, I gotta, I gotta look good for this audition. I no, it's, and it's no, that's, um, thank you for sharing by the way. And, and what a beautiful way to see kind of the hustle and how you can take a, a obviously a, a extremely daunting situation and break it down step by step and planet fitness is is a miracle on earth that it exists and they've been working through the pandemic i mean another i know no they're gonna i mean planet fist uh, planet fitness has a uh, different hit heroes actually one of uh, the planet fitness heroes was on our pod calvin d sun he's a uh he's a great monsoon diaries go give him a follow he's an incredible er uh doctor an emergency doctor a mercenary for hire if you will and he worked the entire covid uh outbreak in new york you know the first outbreak in new york and he's just he's a badass he does like one-arm push-ups and pistol squats and he has a business he's he's very similar to you he has a he has a small business that travels the world and he has a travel company but he also saves lives so uh, good partnership there. And he, he was a planet fitness hero in, you know, 2020 at the end there in New York. So there is a way to, to network. He might have an email that, you know, you guys can find, I'll connect you guys obviously, but that's really fascinating. The workout is, is so important working out, showering. Can you tell me about, you know, obviously so you're working out, how do you get into a flow state with all of that adversity that you're experiencing? How did the meditative state of working out help you endure? So I didn't have a choice. My husband mm -hmm. loves fitness and he's mm -hmm. like, he vents out and like releases all his frustration and his mm -hmm. bad energy and everything through working out. So cool. here he is, he's like, you're in a car with me. You have no choice but to come and work out with me. I was like, ugh. Like, can we like sit in a Panera bread and just do other stuff? But I, so when he's going there, I feel obligated. But at the same time, I love him so much. I'm like, I want to respect that you love mm -hmm. the gym. So I'm going to come with you. So I hated working out. He's the one who got me into it. And now I can't, like, I have to, it, it's not like I'm getting, trying to get buffed or anything like that. It's more like a lifestyle choice. Like, okay, I need to move. So that's what he's trained me to think. He's like, just move 10 minutes. That's it. And so, but we had all the time in the world. So we would do an hour long workouts. Cool. And, and so he would be like, let he, we would just watch YouTube and then have that on the side and uh, work out. But once he got me into the flow, it's like I started feeling like ants in my pants. Like I have to work out today. I didn't work out today. I feel yeah. And so it's yeah. So that that's helped me a lot. And another thing that I learned from him is that when you have a fever, just go work out. I know they say don't. I'm not advising. This is not a medical uh, advice. Please do it at your own risk. But I did it and I had someone else do it too. <laughs> and I burnt my fever out on the treadmill. I, I yeah. couldn't move and I ran, I sweat so much and I got rid of my fever because when you're in a car and you don't have money and you don't have insurance, we couldn't go to the hospital. We couldn't afford that bill. We were like, no, we're not doing that. So we were like, how do we get rid of it now? Like naturally. So that's what we did. I would just lift and run like crazy. And then in two days I was like, the fever was gone. So that's something now we're like, if we get sick, let's do that. 
move. And that's a, even during COVID, they say move, keep moving, don't lay in bed. And really has a, there's a reason behind that. Yeah, it's an interesting, you know, relating to working out and overcoming, you know, pre, you know, pre-existing conditions or just, you know, comorbidities or whatever it might be, the terms that I'm just repeating from the news. Working out totally helps. There's a reason why companies incorporate gyms and free fitness classes and and it's for for every four uh for every dollar they spend on your fitness they save four dollars in insurance premium so obviously yeah we know in america the reason why the america is getting toppled and destroyed by covid19 more than other countries is because of our diet and and the overall uh, fitness of our country is very low because we're not taking care of ourselves as as much so we don't handle these these punches so to speak when they come in life and you know fast food nation speaks to that and it can attest to that so totally on you're well dialed it's true when you're feeling icky workout through it obviously right now covid i didn't even know that about covid workout through it obviously don't go out in public please everybody isolate work out in your closet <laughs> um but um I'm at home yeah <laughs> yeah but you know so so you, there's something so fascinating obviously you you have two degrees I, um, a master's degree in finance a bachelor's in microbiology i heard your story and it reminded me of an impactful moment uh, when I when President Obama was elected, and I remember hearing Keenan Ivory Wayne's talk, and and it was just an amazing kind of showcase of different voices and how they made important choices in life. And I, I it was like it was some I don't know what the show was, but I remember being in college and being like, wow, I'm, I'm I feel like change is on its way. Well, um, when Ke- Keenan Ivory Wayne's decided to drop out of college, he was going to Tuskegee University, where the Tuskegee um, pilots in World War II went, which is a very iconic institution in the United States, an educational institution. And and that's what a beautiful thing to get into that school. And he dropped out. And instead of doing, you know, finishing his college education, his father was disappointed. He jumped headfirst into stand-up comedy and he was killing it. And his dad told him he just needed to have a fallback plan. Come on, son, you know, have a fallback plan, please, please. I beg of you. But, but Wayne's told his father that having a plan for failure is, is having a fallback. And he said, everybody I know who had something to fall back on failed. How does that hit with you, you know? Um, and when you were homeless and you're, you know, thinking, did you ever think, shoot, should I have not? Should I have not left and being an auditor? Should I have stayed in that career path? And how are you able to maintain your dream and and not look back? Like how were you able to do that and just trust your gut, trust your heart? The one question that we always, my husband and I, would always ask each other: like, do we have a plan B? No. Okay, let's just go with the plan A. We didn't have. We still don't have a plan B. It's like plan A just branching out, and and then we are like, okay, plan sub A, sub B, and like that. So uh, cool. we have asked. We were. We have all. Like, I feel like I've asked this multiple times to myself: Did I really do the right thing? Is this a mistake? Because. We moved to LA out of faith. We took that leap of, we, we took a jump of faith and it, it was like, we don't know, act, we don't have any acting background because I'm from Kuwait and entertainment, there's no entertainment career in Kuwait, nothing like that, period. And then we have these, uh, you know, the degrees and we are not using any of that to move into the next phase of our life which is acting and then we see this on tv uh and uh, like the oscars back in 2000 i want to say 14 uh yeah 2014 
And so I see that I'm like, why aren't there many people looking like us? Like, can we do mm. something about it? And God's like, why don't you do something about it? I was like, oh, me? Okay. And so we pack our bags. We, of course, we pray about it. We we get a lot of confirmations. We feel peace about it. And we're like, let's mm-hmm. move. And then boom, everything falls apart. And so we're like, why? We're throwing a fist at God. Like, why did you tell us to do it? You said to move. We obeyed. And now you <laughs> threw us on the streets. And God's like, it's a journey. You just have to go through it. I was like, yeah. But today I'm looking back. I'm like, I would not go back and change a single thing out of that two years of homelessness. Not a single thing. Because I learned so much. And I feel like I've, I've taken a lot of those things and I've brought it into my today. Mm-hmm. And so while we were in the car, yes, I, won, I thought about going back. But then I was like, but uh, did, was I happy? I quit my job because I wasn't happy. A corporate job sounds all fancy you have the money coming in but it gave me no joy our marriage was it was like in ruins we were always fighting and we were tearing at each other's throat and uh i just never came home content and i was always shipped off to different states because of clients and so uh i would come home my my husband like text me like can you send me a picture of you because i don't remember how you look like anymore that's how long i was gone and so that all wow. that, and then I was still feeling st- because I was on a visa, so I had to get on green cards. So I was like, it was like just feeling so suffocated. I was bullied at work too. I was treated differently because of my color, and I had a very. Uh, I'm not saying I have a um, American accent right now, but this was not my accent before. I had a very thick Indian accent because I felt so insecure and absolutely not confident at all because of the way I speak, the way I look. And so I was like, I need lessons for how I need to style myself, how I need to change my accent. And so I just couldn't take it, that bullying, that mm. atmosphere at work. So then- Oh, fuck, fuck those guys. <laughs> Sorry. Well, actually, it was women. It was- Oh, well, human, you know, hum- fuck those humans, you know, Jesus, bullies. Yeah, so I'm so happy that's behind me. My husband's like, Ugh. let me get you out of that situation it's because of the green card you have to show finances so he did uber and that was another thing uh, with our indian families oh he's a taxi driver that's not great i'm like but everyone has multiple income streams here everyone does odd jobs it's normal please accept mm-hmm. that this is not a country just because everyone says america is a land of dreams you have to work for those dreams and that's how we had to work for our dream so yeah. he did uber got me on uh they will sponsor me and then that's how i got on green card and that day i got my green card i went on my knees and i cried out i was like thank you for this really i feel like shackles fell off me because i felt Mm. bound to the company and so um that so i would look back at all these things and i was like i don't want to go back to that again i keep getting these uh hr emails like would you like to come back would you like to work at this place because you have the experience and i was like yeah, it looks good. You know, the cup looks gold and all the outside. Inside, no, it still looks ugly. I don't like what's inside that cup, you know? So I'm like, yeah. not going back. The same thing with my husband. He was pursuing PhD. He dropped out. And I was like, are you sure? Like, no, let's do this together. So we're like, let, we are not going back. That's it. That's behind us. If you backtrack, that means you are insulting the dream that you have and insulting all that hustle that you put into your, uh, to get to that destination. So let, let's just keep, keep going forward. So every time you step back, that's every, every, like a person that you're letting the, you know, your dream to be uh, like stolen basically. Mm-hmm. So 
why do you want someone else to do what you want to do when you are well and good enough to do that? But yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, you, you talked upon so many interesting points. I mean, I'm sorry you had a mean girl's experience. Ugh. <laughs> I, what is the deal? Come on. I mean, okay. Furthermore, obviously, I, I didn't really talk upon this. This is something I think is is interesting. You talked about the cultural shame in in homeless. Off topic. <laughs> no, 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 no. I would love you know if you could just explore that a little bit. I I I think that that there's just a, a cultural shame here that's a little different, right? And and a, a stigma about homelessness. Can you talk about what what culture you're co- talking about, where it's in your specific. Um, your family, that it would be more shameful than others. Can you talk a little bit about that? So I come from a family where my mom and my dad, they're both educated. And Mm -hmm. here I am like, hey, I'm living in my car. So there's this talk like, what did your child do? What did she do to deserve this? Are you not paying Mm. her? Are you not taking care of her? So we knew, we foresaw these questions coming. So that's Mm. when we decided we're not going to say this because I was like, I'm let's test this out now because we came out with our story and we told my parents finally uh, before the launch of my business, because I was like, this is built on our story. And if you're going to launch our business, the story needs to go out there, which means we need to tell our parents now it's now or never. So we told them and they didn't comprehend at first. And then, then they finally, they understood they're like, why didn't you tell us? And then they lost sleep for a week. They're like, your mom can't sleep. She's really like heartbroken right now. I was like, this is exactly why I didn't want to tell you in the beginning because I would just hear this for two years. I can't handle that. You're you're doing this to me like in one day. Imagine two years. Like what's happening? Did you get a, get a job? Did you get a place? It's like, we don't have answers to that. So right, right now I've established this thing like, Mom, dad, please don't ask me if we have made it yet or if if there's something that I told you is going to happen. When it happens, I will tell you. But if you keep asking, it puts a lot of pressure on me because if I fail and I'm afraid to tell you, it, it puts so much stress and anxiety on me. So that was the main reason why I didn't tell them the stress and anxiety. So when, even now, so when I told my story, I asked my mom, how are my relatives, like, how are our relatives handling it? Like, she was like, I, there's a lot of people asking, yeah, sending screenshots of my video that went li- uh, uh, live on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is she talking about? Like, including my own brother, like, they were all wow. asking, is this really true? Did she make it up? Is she making it up? Like, what is she trying to do here? And so I told my mom, like, please send all these people to me because you are not answerable to anybody. You don't need to feel obligated, responsible to answer everybody because she feels that. And like, that's how I felt too. But the, my story, let me tell them. Mm. No one has approached me. No one has still approached me. And it really upsets me that they don't want to hear it from my mouth. And it's like a gossip town. Like, oh, did you hear about the uh, Rigi? Like, did you hear that? Like, oh. So even now, I don't this is a podcast, but I put all my stuff only on Instagram. I still don't post anything on Facebook. That's from my entire families. But if anyone's listening, I don't care if you want to come and come to my Instagram and see it, but I'm still not putting on my Facebook because it's a, such a, like a judgmental town right now for me. Wow. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's the, and thank you for sharing. Cause I think it makes, and what you're doing is going to inspire a lot of people who have similar backgrounds, similar perspectives, point of view, where maybe they do have a family that's educated and privileged and they're on hard times and that can cause someone to spiral so far out of control that you might even contemplate suicide and death and your parents, they didn't even know. And so coming out of the closet 
in this way and in, in saying, I had this, I had these feelings and this is how I felt. And I was this shame, whether it's internal or external can cause us to just spiral. And so thank you for being brave and doing this. I know that that's not easy. I, you know, I, not, not that I've felt there, I've almost been there, but luckily I actually just moved home with my parents and I was like, I'm doing it. I need your help. They did not want me, but I was like, come, I'm 30, 30 moving back in. Obviously I've moved out since, but you know, it was a, it was a, that was a unique moment where I told them, Hey, I'm broke. I, I, I too had a, uh, a different set of circumstances. I had a mental breakdown and, you know, was hospitalized and had a bunch of stuff like that mental illness wise. And I gave actually all of my worldly possessions away, money away, spent a lot of money. I didn't have things that are very common in a manic episode and had to come back home. And my roommates weren't really stoked on me being there. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but it, it is what it is. And also, you know, I couldn't afford to pay rent. So uh, luckily, I, you know, I had the privilege to to live there. But I got to say, I've been there. And I, I every time I drive past someone who's on the streets or sleeping out of their car, I think to myself, wow, that, that I was so I was a 10 days away from that. And, you know, my sister, if I was if she wasn't so perceptive and, and good at communicating and getting me on medication, I know I would be booted out of my parents' house very fast. And luckily, luckily modern medicine exists. Luckily we have inc incredible creators like you who give these affirm actions that give you an action plan, a guide to staying positive and staying fit. And I think that eventually we're gonna see a new resurgence and a, a renaissance of change because of people like you. Um, I, I do wanna now segue into like you, you were, you're an ambassador for the rap women. Obviously, the rap. I've I've watched a lot of the cool speaking engagements. Kamala Harris spoke recently. How did they come about? And what are your goals as an ambassador for this program? So this is something very new that happened only like it's not even a month. Uh, it was a Power of Women Summit. So this was in December. Uh, so I'm still very new to it. I met my point of contact while I was working at my previous company. So cool. she's been seeing my story and she saw what I, what I'm, she's been seeing what I'm doing. And she just reached out to me. And she's like, I don't care what follower base you have or whatever. I just believe in your mission. And I know you stand, you'll fight for women. You're advocate for homelessness. You are the voice that we need. And so I was like, bring me on. I would love it because that's rap is a dream of mine. That is one thing I still haven't manifested, like manifested fully, but I was like, that's interesting that I wanted to be a rap as a panelist in the future. But <laughs> like here I am, they're like, hey, would you like to be an ambassador? I was like, oh, small steps. Okay. Um, so that's my dream eventually. But I'm so grateful they asked me to be a rap women ambassador. And then I find out there were only six people who had been asked to be an ambassador. And so I've had a lot of people ask me that. And I was like, I honestly, I think it was just being uh, like showing up, finally getting my story out because I've been carrying this story inside me for two years uh, uh, from shame. And now it's like, you know what? I don't care. I've, if this can bless somebody, let me put it out there. And so um, I haven't, I, I, I don't know what goals to put towards rap yet because I have to ask the person who has me on rap. So it's something that probably I'll find out in like this year. But what I cool. did during Power Summit was just showing up in all the rooms, all the sessions. And then uh, we had a Slack thing going on and just like just advocating for what the, the topic was on that day or on that uh, session. And 
having these women like, let's collaborate, let's talk. So I would send these DMs like, I want to connect with you. So I think I think my favorite thing was just showing up and saying that I'm a woman mm-hmm. of color. I have been forgotten before. I am not going to do that to myself anymore. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be in your face. If you don't like me, that's okay. I'll I'll just wait for someone to like me. <laughs> I love that. And you know what? Shout out to Slack. We love Slack. Hey, shout out, shout out to Slack and the rap. Um. So so you know, I think you said, and I, and I do agree that a, a lot of our our internal dialogue is so negative. Eighty percent, I believe it is. You know, internal dialogue is negative. How do we? You know, as I learned this from being an athlete and sports psychologist talk about internal dialogue and positive action items and, and saying like, let's go time to shine. Here we go. Come on. Things of this nature that give us action items before you do a ritual or a, a pitch or your shot, it actually improves for performance and they have no idea why they just say that, that it is what it is. Internal self-talk actually is the only way to improve your performance and you don't have to lift a weight. You don't have to do anything. I'm going to do this. I have this. Let's go. How do you take that? and fight negative self-talk in your everyday life? I started practicing writing in my journal. And so I have like, I have multiple journals, but I have a self-talk. I made this myself and I would love to launch it as a product eventually, but it's just like a positive self, daily self-talk. So I have Mm -hmm. these questions that I uh, ask myself, what am I grateful for today? What am what are the things I would like to manifest or what is my and what is my I am affirmation? What is my positive self-talk for today? So I would write all these things down and I would get everything out of my head. And then I look at the paper. I'm like, oh, this is what I'm struggling today. So I have one question, which is my favorite. What is my limiting self-belief for today? And what are mm. and the next is what is my action to resolve it? So mm. yesterday, my today, what I wrote was uh, public speaking. I wrote my living self-belief is that I can't I can't articulate words verbally, but I can write properly. So then my action was to be, I wrote down, be intentional and, co- and conscious of everyone speaking their wisdom and write it down. So you have these points to, you can replicate that or recycle those words. Because I feel like when we talk, even when you said so many things, I'm like, oh yeah, I think that way too. But then I forget when I'm in that moment. So how mm. can I work on something that I'm not good at? So then I tell myself like, oh, that's my first action t- step. Let me do this for the next 30 days and make it a habit. And then when I say, I see the same thing or read the same thing over and over and over, it mm-hmm. becomes a part of you. So on the pep talk for myself is that, again, my favorite show up, I can, I am equipped. I just have to be patient, super, super patient. I, everyone starts with a fresh beginning. No one is born talented. No one is born ready to do what they're doing today. Everyone started at that. Everyone has a small beginning. So like just embracing and cherishing that small beginning is super, super important to me. Even though I do have meltdowns and I'm like, oh, look, that person's doing better. Like, I'm not as good as her. What do I do? And then I look at myself and I'm like, wait, but I did this last year. I got this last year. I didn't, when I was living in my car, I didn't have, I did not have any of these things. I did not have an apartment. I, I was living in my car for two. I got an apartment. That's a huge thing for me. Why am I sitting and whining about something that someone else ha- has and always saying, oh, their grass is greener. I mean, water your own grass and then it will become green. <laughs> That's one thing that I keep, I 
telling myself, okay, just let's focus on what nutrition, what like the water that I need to feed the grass around me rather than looking at mm-hmm. oh, how grass is like sparkly green. Well, how can I get there? Stop. You know, so it's all about more than positive self-talk. It's like, what can I do? Not more than what should I think? It's like, okay, what can I do to keep thinking positive? It's easy to come up with a positive statement, say that and feel good. But then tomorrow you're going to wake up and like, oh, I still feel miserable. But how about saying that, okay, this is how I, f- I want to feel. What can I do? What, can, what actions can I put behind that to get me to that feeling? So when you start putting the small bite-sized steps and then it all adds up, so imagine doing one step every day, that's 365 steps towards what, that thing that you've been wanting to work. So one year down the line, you're going to look back and be like, oh, I did it. Like I wanted to get there. I'm halfway there or a quarter way there, but I started it. Yeah. Mm. Now you, you describe Affirm Actions as a pocket-sized life coach, but cheaper than therapy. Has therapy played a role in your life? Have you gone to therapy? Is that something you're actively doing? Nope, I have not. Oh, I have not gone to therapy. I have been um, at these women gatherings, and I've heard mm-hmm. women say, "Oh, I spoke to my therapist," and then I would mm-hmm. think to myself, "Ah, oh, privilege! I did not have that. I still do not have that." Uh, so I could not. I, I haven't experienced what it is like to be around a therapist or what I'm going to gain af- from speaking to a therapist. So here I am thinking, what can I do with what I, what I have rather mm-hmm. than thinking what maybe a therapist can help me, maybe not. I don't know, but I'm not ever going to find out because I don't have the money to do that. So that's how I came up with these action steps to when, when I talk to these people, when I even like, I would listen to podcasts, I would listen on YouTube and I'd be like, these are all things that I'm sure hundred percent sure a therapist is giving even in movies. Like when I see this, I'm like, this is what the therapist is talking. Like we can do this. It's, I think it's just, we need that external help to guide us. Right. Mm-hmm. Because when we, we are in that emotion and we are stuck in that misery and that agony feeling, we can't think straight. That's when that external, that third person is going to come or the second person is going to come and say, this is how you need to think. This is how you need to do. And my husband and I have helped each other a lot. Like when he's down, I help him. When I'm down, he helps me. We are each other's therapists right now. There is power in therapy. I absolutely attest to it. I absolutely believe that. If you can't afford a therapist, please go ahead and get a therapist for yourself. If you cannot, that's when, you know, you have accountability. You find that person you trust find that person who is not going to judge you and talk with that person. And then of course my cards come through and these are, this is like the pocket size life coach that will help guide you and mentor you and help you re-goal if you, whenever you're stuck. Like if you are trying to get to, mm-hmm. let's say you're trying to make a habit of writing. Like I, I am personally working on that. I'm like, okay, let's write one paragraph a day instead of like, oh, I'm not good at writing. I'm not good at, public speaking. Yeah. I don't I just I'm like I told my husband like 5 minutes can I just speak with you like off topic anything random I just want to ramble. That's me putting an action behind it. But yeah, it's, I I could go on but uh I just feel my cards are definitely cheaper than therapy and it'll start <laughs> start somewhere. Yeah. No, no, in addition in it- I'm going to replace therapy. It it'll no. you start somewhere. And, and another and another good resource is obviously the Kilo app, which uh, this podcast and this next this next section, which is the yeah. 
stop. Yeah, the hashtag stop the stigma section is brought to you by Kilo. It's about to launch. It hasn't fully launched. We'll be going out with this podcast as well. But Kilo brings it is founded by a therapist. So you have that mentality, but it's not only goals and goal setting, it's it's more of a, a full-on wellness app, and it's really going to change a lot of people's lives. Give us a moment. We need to have a sip of coffee or sneeze. I got the allergies. Give me a second. The Broken Dove Podcast is sponsored by Kilo. Kilo app takes a qualitative approach to tracking your mental health by analyzing the quality of your sleep, workout, diet, even libido. Kilo keeps me dialed in. Kilo motivates me to work hard in and out of the gym. It also helps me maintain relationships and keep perspective because no matter how bad you got it, someone has it worse. And trust this, we need you out there. Maybe do it for your son, your student. Do it for someone you've yet to meet, your inner savage. Dig in and do work. Kilo, building better humans. Okay, so we're back. This is our hashtag stop the stigma section. It is also our second chance opportunity. And you've shared with me and thank you for sharing that you you contemplated suicide. And I'm so sorry that you had those feelings. Do you have any, you know, would you like to expound upon that and, and say that you know, anyone who's feeling that it, it's okay to feel that your thoughts are just emotions and how we can get through those emotions and persevere and not you know, lose one life today. You know, do you have anything to kind of destigmatizing it? We're obviously doing it by talking about it. But is there any way to say like, hey, when I when I went and persevered through this pain, it actually did you have a breakthrough as opposed to this breakdown? I did have a lot of breakdowns, a lot of mental breakdowns where I I have secretly contemplated maybe I should end my life so then I don't have to put it on anybody. But I now that I think of it, and even when during that time, I was like. I'm being really selfish and I'm really thinking only about myself, but I would be causing pain to so many people. Now, I'm sure when someone else is listening to this and they're like, but I don't have anybody, nobody cares that I exist. That is wrong. That is absolutely wrong. You are existing for a reason and you just haven't discovered it yet. So that doesn't mean that you get to end your life. Your life is more precious than gold. Okay, you you are you are still breathing and that's a gift. There are, when I, it gives me a lot of emotions. Like think about the people who are, um, when I say breath, it's so vital to me. People think about people on an oxygen, on a oxygen cylinder. That's how we say it. I don't know how you say it here, but mm-hmm. they're on, they are taking their final breath or they're struggling for breath. And here you are, you are able to function completely hundred percent and you want to get rid of that life, like there's someone who's fighting for their life. You know, I wish there was this scientific method, a thing where you can just swap lives and, you know, you can give your life to somebody else who wants to live. So there are people who are wanting to live and you're being selfish when you want to get rid of your life. I would see that as like, I am, this life itself is a privilege. It is a privilege to be on this earth and we take it for granted and we are choosing to see only the negative. How about we see the positive? Like, what do we have right now? If you have that glass of water to drink today, think about, think that you are blessed because there's somebody who cannot even get a drop of water right now. And if Mm. you have a, if you're thinking of even a food, like on the table, when we were in our car, we 
yes, we were breaking down and we were hungry and we were like having all kinds of all sorts of rants that we can't eat. But we were like, we have that one Subway sandwich. We would split it into two and have it like the whole day, just between the both of us. And then today we're like, we we will not waste food. We will like really cherish this right now. Seeing perspective, shifting perspective from the negative is important. I, I almost like when I was in my teen, I not only like I'm talking about contemplating suicide, but I actually did attempt and I went through with it hundred percent. I, I swallowed um, 16 pills and I was like, Mm. this is it because things that I went through my head was nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. I'm trying to be hurt. No one hears me. I just want to end my life. And I was not even spiritual then. And that's played a huge role in my life. And I wake up the next day and I, and I was like, I'm, my mom wakes me up for school. I was like, how am I going to lie? Like I have, I have the evidence. These are like the empty pill sachet of like, how am I still yeah. breathing? And then I hear the still voice of God. He's like, it's not your turn yet. And I was like, whoa, what is that? Like, I felt that voice. So that's like an impression. And so the next year, I'm like, the whole year uh, following that, I'm like, okay, God, if you're real, I want you to show up. I want you to tell me what you want me to do. Because I my parents don't care. My parents are like, no, we're thinking all wrong. But I think when you're in that phase, when you're in that moment, you feel like nobody cares about you. It doesn't matter what they say. They still don't understand why I attempted it. And I came clean about that only um, two years ago. And wow. I was 13 when I attempted it. And then I went, I did a second time when I had a really bad breakup and he verbally, um, like emotionally abused me. And it was a relationship for two years. And then I was like, he doesn't care. I did self-injury. Like I cut myself and nobody cares. And I felt, wow, there's no, now I know. Again, movies influenced me for some reason. I was like, maybe there's a reason why they're cutting their hand. I should try it too. And I did it. Jeez. And it felt good. I felt good, but I did it in the bathroom. So nobody would see me, but then I would look at myself and say, pathetic. This is so pathetic. Why am I letting that other person who hurt me win? I need to win this. You know, I can't Mm -hmm. let them win. So I came out. I was like, okay, I'm going to stop thinking negative. What can I do to think positive? So these are all like my emotions for my reason that drove me to take my life were not feeling loved. So then again, I, that's when I was like, oh, no wonder I love writing, but I would write. Why am I not feeling love? What should I do to get love? So I was like, oh, if I need to feel love, I need to have a boyfriend. And then I didn't get, and God's like, you are not getting a boyfriend for a year, but you're going to, you, you and I are going to partner together. I'm going to teach you how to love without anybody, you know? So I, mm. I'm falling in love with spirituality. I'm falling in love with the concept of God. That's why I felt I got very strong with God because I was like navigating it on by myself. I didn't have anybody. And so I fall in love with God. And then God's like, now your heart is ready. And then I had a dream and I met my husband. I saw my husband in my dream. And then this guy shows up on my Facebook. That's where I met him online. I was like, this is it. And then I look back and I'm like, wow, I'm so glad God that you didn't take my life. You didn't let me die. Like you brought me back. And I'm sitting here right now. Like no wonder I needed to keep breathing because this is the purpose. I feel like I still haven't tapped into my purpose fully. I don't think we'll ever do that till we no. die. 
it's like an ongoing, every day is like a small bits of chapter just opening in our book. But if you are thinking or even considering on the cusp of like taking your life, just know that even us who you're listening to, we are there. We mm-hmm. value life. We, we value life more than anything. Because we love you. We, we love you. And it's, we love you. I'm, I'm not, I hate this whole like celebrity concept. I'm like, I'm the kind of person, like, if you need help, please DM, please DM. If we can get you resources, if we can get you help, we want to be there. I, I don't, I hate that stigma where, oh, I'm unreachable because I'm famous. Like, that's one thing that I want to, my thing that when I grow, my platform grows big, like I still want to keep all those channels open because this is what I'm here for, to help those people who think that they can't ask anybody. That's how I felt. I couldn't ask anybody. I didn't, I was ashamed of myself. I was like, this is a platform where you can, you don't, you have no right to be ashamed. You are completely safe here. And we just need to find that person. Even if it means it's a stranger, go ahead and ask a stranger, keep going, keep going until you find that person, but don't give up on yourself. Yeah, and, we, and there, and this is a, a theme. Obviously, my my grandmother, I found out, you know, just a couple of years ago, took her life, and it's something that runs in my family. And in in suffer for good, you'll see Seb, his sister, took her life a day after her father passed, and it's very traumatic. You know, finding his sister in a closet the day after his father passed, and just very wow. tragic. And and suffer for good is the idea is. We must suffer and go through something arduous, something that we can't, you know, it's inexplicably painful to finally get to the fruits of our labor. And it's hard to understand why God presents us with these internal and external struggles. But one thing is we only we only lose when we quit and don't quit on life. It It's really important. We need you. We love you. And there are many sources. Uh, NAMI is one. We will put the... Uh, suicide hotline it's going to be in our metadata for all of our pods so that if you ever are feeling like you need help they're always available to chat with you can always reach out to us so thank you for your share that was really beautiful and poignant and and really you know it means so much so wow thank you that was really brave you're brave and you are going to i have opened up in public about this by the way i have never never brought this out Oh, you're so beautiful. Well, thank you. You know, I think that um, it's brave and and you're going to do it many times because it's going to make the world a better place. So thank you. And I don't want to just end this in a, with tears, because you know, you can go from tears to to smile. No, no, I just have works every time. Everyone kind of has a moment where they open up and it's, it's beautifully and poignant. And we're going to now go with this rapid fire section before we finalize and finish here. And this is a very quick section. So I want you to think quick, as quick as possible. No judgment here. And these are, you have to choose one. You can't say, you got to choose. This is life, like life. Okay. So here we go. And act or write. Oh, that was a question? Yeah, that's the question. It's it's rather for act or write. Act, act. Okay. Success as an actress or success for affirm actions with a, uh, affirm, uh, affirmation, darling? Can't I choose a neutral ground? Uh, no, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah. Success as an actor. Sure. Winter or summer? Oh, summer. Raging Bull or Departed? Raging Bull. Great call. Uh, favorite song? I didn't give you a favorite song right now on your playlist. What do we got? Lo-fi. Lo-fi chill. Okay, great, 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 great. Uh, guilty pleasure? 
Oh, thinking in the shower. Okay, I, I thought it was going to be f- French onion soup. Uh, so burger or hot dog? <laughs> burger. Oh, same. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Pizza. <laughs> Netflix or Disney Plus? Netflix, 100%. Boom. Okay, well, thank you so much. I just want to say that was, you're, you're an incredibly inspiring person. Not only this, you have talent as an actress, as a writer, an auteur, <laughs> writer. Uh, I, miss, I tell you, I mispronounce everything. So thank you for coming on, Rigi. I'm excited to continue our connection. And uh, I'm so glad that Tori Time and Joe Mancone connected us. This is the beautiful way of the world. Thank you guys for making it happen. And we can't wait for you guys to tune in. You'll be able to follow her on all her. You want to plug uh, your Instagram handle right now and then we're out. It's it's Rigi Raja. It's J-R-I-J-I-R-A-J-A. And my brand is Affirmation Darling on Instagram. Beautiful. Rigi, thank you so much for coming on. We love you. You're an, an amazing human and, and I can't wait to, to meet you in person. You know, we're going to do it. We're going to get the vaccine vaccine yes. and hang out. Come on. Get that vaccine. It's safe. Do it. Yes. Please guys. <laughs> Thank you so much. The broken up podcast is executive produced by Ellen Utrecht edited by Megan Solano. Audio by Dory Bavarsky. Artwork by Neve Bavarsky. Please like, subscribe, follow, support. Love them all. They're amazing humans. They deserve your hugs, digital or otherwise. Thank you for tuning in. And we cannot wait to see your rave reviews. Just do it. Give it a, give it a smash. Give it a smash that like button. Smash a comment. Throw a little poll to refresh. Clubhouse. Club mouse. Thank you.